All right, man. Well, we're live. <laughs> nice. So, um, welcome everyone to, uh, what are we calling this again? Uh, Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. Okay, so welcome to the Campfire Conversational Podcast, and don't try to say that too many times uh, in a row. But we, um, Aaron, Matt, why don't you explain? What are we going to talk about? Pretty much just whatever we want, or I want, or you want. I just want to be able to have a conversation and do whatever I want, I guess. And sometimes maybe we'll talk about stuff that people might not normally want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's good. Okay. Sometimes people, I think, maybe a little afraid to hear stuff and they get turned off by it, but I'm not. I'm pretty open-minded. Okay. Well, what do you want to start talking about first? Because <clears throat> I, know, I know you and I, we've talked about quite a few things and... Um, we've talked about, you know, the, uh, we've talked about everything. I mean, from global conspiracies to, uh, you know, to everything from like flat earth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to everything, you know, um, and, you know, you know, it, talking about flat earth, I, I actually just watched the documentary and, um, and, I, and I've listened to a couple other podcasters talk about it. And when people hear like the flat earth thing, not, not that I'm flat earth pro, but when people hear flat earth, like, you know, the first thought is like, why would anyone logically believe in flat earth? You know? And, uh, I, I know when I watched the, the documentary the other day, that was the constant reoccurring theme in my brain. Like, why am I watching a documentary on flat earth? Like, you know, Which one did you watch? I, I think it was something on either Netflix or Amazon or something like that. And they had, like, they went to a convention, and at the convention, like, they were watching. And I gotta say, all the people that I seen at the convention, if I seen them, like, at that convention, I would be, like, thinking the same thing. Like, these people are freaking crazy. But some of the, you know, some of the arguments that were behind it, um, I, I wasn't convinced by the arguments. Um, but some of them, I could see why they were believing what they were believing, you know? Like, they were very astute arguments and very well proposed in a way that if if you didn't really logically think about it, you know, I could see why it would be appealing. It's not as out outlandish as as people would think. Like, in other words, the the attack on NASA, um, it was the you know the space shuttles and um, the landing on Mars. Was that all staged and things like that? You know, the arguments that they posed, they were framed in such a way that if you didn't. I don't know if you really didn't put a whole lot of thought into them, or if even if you did, if you, uh, I guess they're they're believable arguments, you know. Um, the part that struck me though was the fact that um, that even though they had these believable arguments, there was like parts of their own theories that they didn't have answers to, such as the ice ring around the Earth. 
Okay. And why we cannot trust we cannot traverse that ice ring. Okay, so I don't I've never really talked to you super in depth about this, yeah. but I've done a ton of research into this subject. Okay. Like I'm talking probably about two weeks after Autumn was born, mm-hmm. and I obsessively have done tons of research. I'm talking probably thousands of hours, not exaggerating. Okay. So like there's there's probably not one topic when it comes to the flat earth overall debate that I don't know at least the the given answers. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets down to okay, so there, when it gets down to some of the um, super fine details of things Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I kind of uh, don't, I'm kind of, I, I don't understand certain things. Um, like, for instance, um, eclipses. I To me, it doesn't matter if we're talking globe earth or flat earth. They don't make 100% sense either way. Like, I can look at it from both ways and go, okay, and I can look at it from both ways and go, ah, I really don't. I don't know what you know i just don't understand i think because of the way i'm visualizing it i'm not seeing it right Mm -hmm. so there's like when it gets down to super technical things um i sometimes i'm like uh well did you uh, to that to that to that let me let me answer this or ask this actually um in school i mean did you ever do the experiment where you put like the light bulb in in the center of all the little model planets and hold it up and see the different shadows on the different planets as you go out further and further? No, I don't think that we ever did that. Or if we did, I don't remember. I mean, because um, you can you can get the eclipse off of those model planets just off of that design. Like, say you take the light bulb in the center and you take the models and you line them up or one in front of the other or, or you know, six in, in a row you're going to get the eclipse, you know, and then you factor in the moon. If you take the moon and put it out there, you know, and and I'm not debunking it with this. I'm just asking like, you know, did you ever do this? Because we did it in school. We did that in like fifth grade. I don't remember if we did. Yeah. Um, But that's, I mean, that's probably a whole other topic because, um, right. That's just, I mean, yeah, me not having done it or don't remember doing it's another topic, but so back to the ice ring, um, what questions do you have? And let's see if I can answer it. You were starting off with um, why can't we go there or why can't we get past it? Yeah. Is that yeah. Every so single there's... person at this at the convention that they ask about the ice ring and ask about traversing the ice ring, <laughs> they, they basically said it is impossible. And even if you can traverse it to where you get to where you're standing on the edge, your eyes at that point will be deceived because it'll either be too cold or you'll be too far up and your eyes will not see things clearly. And I'm in my question was like, why can't we traverse it? Number one. And why would we, I mean, if we can't believe our eyes when we get on top of the traversing of, you know, if we can't believe our eyes up there, why can we believe our eyes down here? Why are eyes down here any different? You know. No, I've never heard that particular argument about our eyes mm-hmm. not not being able to believe our eyes traversing it. So here's what I've here's what I've 
learned when I've done a ton of research. The reason an article is a huge obstacle, there's there's a bunch of reasons. Number one, there's um, between any of the continents and and Antarctica, there's obviously ocean, lots mm-hmm. of ocean, and, and, the, and this also, is in flat Earth theory, correct? This is it. Doesn't matter what what model you're talking about. Okay. Between between the continents and Antarctica, there's nothing but ocean, and and also icebergs in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so just you can't just take a regular boat or ship there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that obstacle. You, you can't just I'm going to go sail a sailboat down there and I'm going to climb a 200 foot you know ice wall that you know probably. Most human beings can't do that physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there's the obvious, like, natural kind of things to keep, maybe want to keep people away. The extreme weather, the the shoreline, which people call the ice wall. It's a shoreline. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, the ocean in between any of the continents and the shore or ocean, um, shoreline. Um and then the next thing is, and this is something that you can look up. Um, it's fact. It's not a theory. There's this thing called um, the Antarctic Treaty, and it was signed in, I believe, I want to say 58, and then I, somewhere around 57, 58, and then I think it um, um, kind of, somewhere between. 57, 58, and 63, right in there, was the Antarctic Treaty. Um, and basically, this was started by all like the major powers in the world. So the United States, Russia, um, you know, Europe or the European countries, um, some of the South American countries, Australia, New Zealand, they've all signed this treaty. And this treaty basically states that you or me we can't just go to the antarctic unless it's for science and well yeah but there's cruises that go down there all the time i mean i can right i can go pay two grand right now and hop on a cruise that'll take me through and right by antarctica well you can go up to the shoreline mm-hmm but you're not going to get on the shoreline from a cruise ship or if you are it's not going to you can't go far from the cruise ship and in the in the treaty, um, you if you do if you do manage to be able to get a government approval from one of the countries that have signed the treaty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and by the way, when it started but out, how, I believe those. But how would anyone know? I mean, you know, know what? Know that you're there. You know. I mean, no well, one, I mean, nobody, guess, nobody's I, down there and would really know. I mean, if if I were to say I had a million dollars. Okay, and I decided I wanted to buy a ship, and I wanted my ship to go down there. Is anybody really gonna know? I mean, you kind of flipping a coin at that point. It's like, and, and what are they going to do? Area Fifty One in a way. Oh, I mean, what are um, they going to do? Blow you out of the water? I mean, well, it's supposedly there is military, um, different militaries from different countries that guard certain parts of it, whether it be on land or by boat or by air. Um, now, 
I've never been there, so I can't prove that. But you've never been there, so you can't disprove it. It's one right. of those things. Right. But going back to the treaty, I originally, I think about 12 countries had signed this treaty. And now it's up to like 53 or 58 or something like that. There's like a lot of these countries that have signed this treaty saying that no company, no or individual, no corporation can go there unless basically a permission from your government. And, and it's basically, it, it, if it's a science expedition, you might be able to get permission to go there. But then once you're there at one of the bases there um, in Antarctic where they have their stations, mm -hmm. um, you can't go very far outside of that area unless you're escorted. And you can look up the treaty could that and read be, it for yourself. Well, could that just be because it's a continent? Okay. It's a massive land, and, and and these are all these are all obviously hypotheses, you know, at best. But say you you have a big plot of land, and all these countries come together and they realize there's nothing here except for penguins and sea lions, you know. That's pretty much it. And they come together and they say, well, what if in 30 years someone finds oil there? Well, it's like negative 50 degrees all year round. You know, I mean, back when they signed this treaty, they probably didn't have the means or the resources to go into a climate that's negative 50. So maybe I'm just posing, you know, proposing a, a theory that maybe they looked at it and said, there's a giant continent down here. And what if, say, France decides they want to go down and now this is new france you know um i mean it's there's a giant continent dude so france overnight gained a continent the size of europe you know is that i mean is that is so that plausible so, or so back in 1940 something i want to mm -hmm. say late 40s um admiral bird b-y-r-d um, actually um, was commissioned by the government of the United States of America to mm -hmm. go and explore Antarctica. And you can actually look up video of him in an interview from that era, from the um, late 40s. Um, and what he says is that there are resources there. And um, there's... Uh, I'm trying to think how he worded it. There is uh, an area size of the continental u.s right across from what he says the south pole hmm now here, here's another question for you okay talking about not being able to go on the land okay you can go all around the land but you can't go on the land that's what the treaty says right correct Okay, so no, you can to go. Be fair, you I can haven't go. Read through the 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 um the treaty recently. I, I haven't either. I mean, this is the so, first I've heard about it. I'm just trying to make logical sense of why a government would, you know, or a collective group of governments would put together such a treaty and trying to assimilate like why this makes logical sense. But that's I'm also a good question to ask. But I'm also thinking like. Well, I mean, this is all leading, or this is supposed to lead back to flat Earth theory, okay? Um, Correct. Which, if you had a ship that went around 
the continent of Antarctica, okay? Which, I know there's ships that have done it. I mean, doesn't that kind of disprove right away the the whole ice on the border issue? If they can just go right around it? Right around what? The wall? Right around the continent. You can go around the continent either way. I mean, if it's on a ball, then you would go around, you know, on the bottom, so to speak. And if Yeah, it but was, if it was flat... You'd go around the outside of it. And so where is it, where would be the edge though of the of the earth? Well allegedly. Well it'd be it'd be beyond the ice wall. Like I said, the ice wall people use the word ice wall and that's probably bad terminology, but it literally is a wall of ice. You can photos of it. Um so that's why people call it an ice wall, but it's really a shoreline. So beyond that shoreline, there's more land, Antarctica. Um, I don't know how big it is in comparison to anything because, like I said, I've never been there. You know, I don't know anybody that's been there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I assume it's pretty big. Um, now, it, it depends on who you ask. Um, a lot of flat earthers tend to believe that there's a dome um, and that the edge of the land would be presumably the dome. Mm -hmm. And some flat earthers believe that there is um and it that we live on an infinite plane so instead of having an infinite universe we live we live on an infinite plane and um a lot of times people who believe that we live on an infinite plane tend to believe well if if there's aliens then that's probably where they came from from you know a land um and, and a um an atmosphere and you know climates similar to ours but just extremely far away and they figured out how to come across from wherever they live to wherever we live i personally don't believe in aliens um i i, see, I think there's ufos but that doesn't mean there's aliens yeah but i'm i'm well stating i mean ufo meaning on unidentified flying object not necessarily right. you know unidentified flying alien you know right but people equate the two so i had to yeah. clarify i think there's ufos but i don't think that there's aliens that's you really think that opinion. we're the only ones here in the universe like if it's i mean even stepping away from infinite plane flat earther theory you know just for a second like you really think that we're like the only ones in a vast expanse of space i do yeah i don't think there's anybody else Nobody? No no nope. other life other than on Earth? Nope. So what if there is a hundred Earths out there? Not one of them has any kind of life? Like, what if there is... You know, uh, it, we'll, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. What if there is one Earth out there, okay, that is fully capable of sustaining life? There's not another chance of life out there? Anywhere? Let's put it to you like this. Um, let's say there's mean, an island out in the ocean yeah. that is perfectly capable of sustaining life. That doesn't mean any any human being lives there. Can mm -hmm. they live there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean anybody does. Right. That'd be my answer. I'm I'm not saying that no I, I don't I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm I'm pretty open minded. I'm willing to, to look at whatever. Mm -hmm. But as far as anything that I've seen I don't think there's any aliens and if there are i don't think they've i don't think that they've come to earth that that i i'm you don't think that confident. the government has like roswell or uh i think there's or the or the old area 51 before 
obviously they moved everything to another base. <laughs> no, I think they're psyops. I mean, you can look into Project Bluebeam, which is a government operation or project where they basically fake an alien invasion um, to for whatever I don't know whatever their end end game is. I don't know as far as that, but Project Bluebeam is where the government stages fake alien invasion and um that's not just some crazy conspiracy theory because in interviews you can um the woman who was the i guess you could say secretary or for uh warner von braun um uh i forget her name off the top of my head um but she has said in multiple interviews that warner von braun had told her personally that um there would be um, I'm trying to think how she worded. She said, um, I think she was worried about the communists because this would have been in the 70s or mm-hmm. whatever. So she was worried about the communists and he laughed and he chuckled and he said, uh, you know, something about, well, the you know, there's no red threat. And then he said, the next thing will be the terrorists. And, um, and I'm, I'm, this is a paraphrase. This is an exact, not an exact quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, um, um, there'll be terrorists and he said and then and then the final one will be aliens and he said that they'll all all of them will have been faked so that's you know in i mean werner von braun was in the government you know he well, was he in was the know he was the leader of you know nasa or in charge of their space program i'm not yeah. sure he's like entirely credible you know even being in that position um I don't know. Me and aliens. Do I think that there's aliens? I think there's things that we can't explain. Is what I think. And I think if there is life out there, um, does it pose a threat? I think the unknown poses a threat. Because with the unknown comes fear. And the fear of not knowing exactly what you're dealing with. Um, Say some guy random guy comes up to your house and knocks on your door okay um back in the 40s people would just open the door you'd offer them to come in you'd cook them dinner you know what i mean and you'd send them away but right times have changed and nowadays some stranger comes to your door you're instantly looking to see where your kids are you're looking to see if you got a gun that's readily accessible. And you know that guy's Ugh. that guy's tire might have just broke down down the street, but you don't know that. It's the, the fear of the unknown that really grips people and takes them to places mentally that they're not prepared for. Now, you throw aliens into the mix. So if even if there were aliens, or if there are aliens, if they came to Earth... Um, you know, it's not going to be... I don't really think it's going to be like Mars Attacks to where they're, like, friendly, and then all of a sudden they just start shooting yeah, people in Congress. Yeah. Wait, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think they're just going to start shooting people in Congress. I think it would be more like... Uh, Come on. I think it would be more... I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> I, think, I think it would be more like they start, like, people panicking, you know, and freaking out just at the sight because they've seen too many movies and hysteria gets the best of them, you know? I can't disagree with that. I mean, if in the scenario that there were aliens, 
whether okay let's see it doesn't matter if the threat is real if it's a real alien invasion or a fake one by the government yeah i think either way people will freak out yeah and, it's, and i think it'd the be media, mass hysteria the media yeah. would make it worse yeah it would it would totally be pornograph pornographic guys how i don't know that's not the right word pornograph <laughs> i don't i don't be, want to live in that universe porn <laughs> it would be media porn with if there was a real or fake alien invasion it would be disgusting yeah. the things that the media would do and they would get people freaked out yeah i i agree um so back to flat earth do you think this ice barrier do you think this is like a plausible thing and what what about like not being like to traverse it like why couldn't we traverse why can't we just jump on a plane and fly over the the ice barrier into the infinite verse you know of the openness yeah i mean theoretically you could but realistically i mean could you and i do that i mean i've talked about this with my cousin i mean i've literally sat there and thought man if 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 my cousin and i could figure out a way to be billionaires mm -hmm. i'd do it i'd do it I well go. yeah but I'd what about the people that are i mean like um uh what what's your boy's name from uh tesla you know elon, uh, musk. elon musk yeah i mean why isn't that guy why is he trying to go into outer space if he could just like you um, know if he could just because take the plane. government gives him money for rockets that's why I thought he was like on the I, outs. He SpaceX I thought, I thought is didn't funded like, by NASA. I, yeah, but I thought they didn't like the idea of SpaceX. I thought that was like the X. Like, don't do that. I mean, they fund them. I don't. I don't know what the government thinks about them, but he's funded by the government. Okay. Well, what about what about I'm, any other billionaire? I mean, he's the, the, the government's his client, so to speak, because who else would be paying him? Just you know, takes rockets into space to whatever the ISS or whatever. Yeah, well, he'd have to be doing it for the government because they're they'd be the only clients up there. Well, what about any other millionaire or billionaire? I mean, there's plenty so, of them. What's his name? Bronson. Um, there you go. He's been trying to go to space and selling tickets on uh, low Earth orbit um, space flights for since 2006 for $200,000 a piece and he hasn't had very many successful trials with the aircraft that he's, you know, trying to use. In fact, uh, some of his pilots have died. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're talking 2006 now, 2019, you know, that's a pretty long amount of time to have no progress uh, as far as, you know, you, you basically promised people you're going to take them into outer space low earth orbit whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and that really hasn't happened i mean people have paid money and there have been no commercial actual flights there's been you know whatever test runs they've done but there's no there's not been any commercial flights by version galactic or whatever it's called yeah. i don't i can't remember the name of the his what bronson's company or whatever his name is but and then um um other private ones besides elon musk uh, i know there is another one and i can't remember the name off the top of my head but as far as i've seen there's really been no, you know no commercial or privatized successful 
um, launches into quote-unquote space with the exception of Elon Musk, whose only client is the government. Okay. So NASA, basically. Yeah, but I mean, just getting a plane, uh, like, like you said at the beginning of this, like, you know, assuming we had enough money, we could just take a plane down over the ice barrier. You know, not um, not not into space, but I'm just talking right. about getting over the barrier to the Antarctic, right? Yeah. Um. So, because if I had a pri- if I had a private thing. jet, I, if I had a private jet, I'm Justin Bieber, and one day I'm like, you know what? We're gonna dude, your hair is sweet. <laughs> we're, we're gonna fuel <laughs> this thing. <laughs> we're gonna fuel this thing up. We're gonna go get some tats. Then we're gonna go get some cheesecake in New York. And then we're going to go and we're going to fuel up again and we're going to go over the ice barrier. So, Flat earthers I mean, say that that is not possible. Well, it's not that it's not possible. It's extremely difficult. And I feel like I've seen some of these videos that you're talking about, or maybe mm-hmm. not the exact one, where they where they go to a convention and they kind of interview people and then they take a few clips and, you know, they get their sound bite. Um, but if, I mean, if you really look super deep into it i mean no one really no flat earther says it's impossible to go there yeah i mean they might use that word but realistically it's not impossible it's extremely difficult i mean i'm wondering why though i mean these people with unlimited resources like bieber you know or any i mean you could go through any a-lister from hollywood or anywhere else like why hasn't anybody and how about the scientists that actually do go and research in Antarctica? You know? I mean, there's researchers from all over the world researching penguins and, you know, Arctic flows well, sure. and everything I mean, else. And, and nobody's report, not one of these people is refor- reported in on an ice barrier and the edge of space. You know? Well, I don't think it's going to be like you get to the wall and then, oh, you can yeah. Like I said, it's probably hundreds, if not thousands of miles from the shoreline to where an edge would be. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at how big Antarctica is on the globe, and then you just take that and basically cut it out from the center and make it around the you know the flat Earth, there's going to be like hundreds, if not thousands of miles from the shoreline to what would be you know essentially the South Pole or the wall or the, the dome, whatever, or the infinite plane the edge mm-hmm. um i mean i i don't know that a, a scientist that's studying penguins on the shoreline is going to just accidentally you know walk into the wilderness of the biggest desert on on earth and happen to a thousand miles later find a wall or whatever a dome or an edge like i mean you'd have to prepare for that you'd need equipment food I mean, and we're talking extreme weather too. It's it'd be the equivalent probably of probably trying to go halfway across America, say from Colorado to either coastline, and but wait, it's fifty below all the time. Right. You don't just accidentally. Oh, I'm studying penguins, and I'm going to find an edge. I mean, yeah, there's people there. You can go there, but how far can you really get on your own? Like you said, you'd have to be a, a mega millionaire or a billionaire, and you'd have to have a lot of influence uh, and power to go there and, you know, just do it. Like, even if I wanted to do it right now, I can't go to Antarctica. I don't have the money. Yeah. 
and I probably wouldn't last very long. I mean, I live in Wisconsin. It gets cold here. I mean, technically, if you really wanted to, you could backpack down through Argentina, and then you could hire a flighter, uh, a charter boat to take you from Argentina. I mean, because I, I, what is the distance between Argentina and Antarctica? It's not very I far. I don't know off the top of my head, but again, you I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up real you, quick. Distance. Okay. But you can't just take a regular boat again. You have to have a ship that has the reinforced hulls for any potential ice in the water. Yeah, but the charter boats down there, I mean, those are all like ice cutter ships. Okay, um, well then, if that was the case, then yeah, you could probably do that. But I, I can't do that right now. I'm not in a position to do that. Southernmost point how close it actually gets there is a spot i thought it was in argentina where it, but it, you know what it might be chilly because i think it wraps all the way around um i was thinking of patagonia um but i actually now that i think about it, i think it is chilly how it kind of cuts down and around and i think it comes closer but it's it's not by much i mean you're splitting hairs there basically right um but you're still talking. I think this is saying like within like a thousand miles, you know, and a thousand miles is pretty far. That's from here to, you know, here to Arkansas, basically, you know, right. So it's still a pretty far ways, but I mean, technically if you had a boat, you could get there if you really wanted to. If someone was determined enough to do it, they could, but just the average Joe that has a job, has a family, they're not going. They just can't, even if they want to. Well, well, then let me ask this, okay? Is just not going or... I think it's great to propose theories, you know? Um, I'm not sure theories without evidence is really, you know, or hypothesis without the- evidence are great ways to live. I mean, it's fun to propose these theories, but it's another thing to live a life based on, okay, well, I have evidence for this. I have scientific evidence for this. Um, You know, for me and you, when are we going to get the chance? You know, maybe never. Might not ever happen. Maybe never. I I would love to to do it one day. So for me and you, it's fun to propose these theories. But for me, I can't live a lie or a life to where I say, well... This is completely, you know, not possible. It's completely, like, I'm open-minded to where I can say, well, it's plausible, you know, based on what I've seen, what I've heard, this and this, you know. Um, But, you know, it's fun to think about it, I guess. But at the same time, on the other side of the spectrum, I can't say, well, no, absolutely not, cutting it off, that's end of discussion, because I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. I haven't done. But, you know, let's change topics real quick. And you you mentioned Von Braun earlier. Okay? Yep. So, with Von Braun, you know, one of the big, when I was, especially when I was studying in, uh, in school, um, and for those people that don't know, my, my major was history, um, particularly in World War II. Uh, that's where I spent a lot of my focus Um, I mean, you know, I spent years learning German and researching and doing all kinds of, you know, articles and papers and crap like that. Um, But von Braun is 
you know, that whole scenario of World War II kind of, you and I have talked about this, how I, I really believe that it falls in this kind of shady part of history to where, um, you know, it's really kind of a, a gray line of moral compass for a lot of different nations, including the U.S., um, particularly, like, there was a lot of atrocities that happened under the the leadership of Von Braun during World War II, um, and to which he was really never brought to justice. And it was because he had value as far as um, rocket propulsion, um, you know, in particular dealing with V2 uh, and the V1, but he had, he had, you know, importance or important information that, you know, America wanted, and therefore they kind of looked the other way Basically, to the... Basically, the ends justifies the means. That's, that that's, was kind of... That's kind of, that's kind of what I, you know, how, what we, when we talked about it, that's kind of where we went. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it is kind of relevant to, uh, you know, the other camp and, you know, um, where was that, Mongolia or, you know, northern China, um, where those atrocities were kind of happening as well, and the government kind of looked the other way as long as they got his research, you know. Do you know what right. I'm? You remember what I'm talking about? Um, as far as the camps in Mongolia, um, off the top of my head, I don't know. What I do know is, um, from the little research I've done recently, um, basically, I think it was America Manchuria. This, it was Manchuria. Oh, I made a mistake. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, from what I've gathered in my recent barely research because i've been so busy with work mm -hmm. um america got the scientists from germany and russia got the weapons mm -hmm. it was kind of a 50 50 split so to speak i mean that's how i understand it would you say that's accurate wait say it again say it again so um, so america got the scientists from germany from nazi germany mm -hmm. and russia got the weapons The technology, maybe that's a better way to put it. Their, their tech, whatever tech. Yeah, I, well, I think it's where their value was. Okay, so with Unit Seven Three One in particular, and which is I was referring to, in Manchuria, Northern China, that kind of border okay. plain, there was you know atrocities of human ex human experimentation. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I know what you're talking about. Japanese. No, I, did, I did do a little. Search into that. Yeah, and it's it's like it. it's like major taboo in school to bring it up, uh, especially. At Why a, is that? Uh, I had a Japanese professor, and mm -hmm. he was super super nice guy. I loved him. His classes were super thorough, um, and we got right about to the edge of discussing Unit Seven Three One, and as soon as we got there, it was like a a, a sharp ninety degree turn away from it. You know. So it's pretty much like, uh, this is what happened, all right, let's move on. Well, and when I brought it up to him, I waited until everyone left class because I wanted to be respectful, you know. Uh, and I didn't want to interrupt. I wanted him to continue with his lecture. But afterwards, I felt like, okay, well, this is something I can go and talk to him about. And uh, I went up and I was like, you know, how, how do you feel about 
Unit 731 or how does this historical community because he went to school in Hawaii and in Hawaii there's a there's a really strong program for um, for the uh, Asian theme in World War II there's a very strong you know collegiate kind of uh, research that's going on and ongoing um, so I asked him you know how do you feel about you know, uh, Unit 731, or, you know, for even the uh, Rape of Nanking. And it was, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it, you could tell right away that, like, this is going nowhere, we're not going to discuss this, there's not enough research to say it either happened or it didn't happen, and I was like, really? There's, there's not enough research to prove that this happened? Like, I mean, dude, he, even if, you know, not saying that wiki is, you know, especially in college, you never use wiki, but you can use it as a baseline to do more research. Um, but, you know, even wiki has a, has a page on Unit 731. For all you that don't know, Unit 731 um, was one of the most horrific human exper- experimentation sites on the face of the planet that's ever been conducted. It was way worse than Mangla with the Nazis and, and the Jewish people. Uh, it was very horrific. But my point to all of this is not to just bring out historical points uh, such as Unit 731 or Von Braun, but to point at the moral compass that kind of um, it was kind of lacking because, you know, Von Braun had his rockets and unit 731 is a very fuzzy gray line here because unit 731 um the doctor that or the i think he was a general or something but he he ended up turning over the information to the government and they promised that you know basically he could just go on his way okay now this is the fuzzy line is because the research that he turned over later led to antibiotics and the antibiotics are in full use today I mean they cure tons of people that would normally die on a daily basis perhaps in the millions okay and without that research being done back then those millions of people would be probably dying every year you know so there comes the fuzzy gray line because this guy did horrible things to innocent people, you know, and I'm not going to bring him up here, but I mean, anybody that wants to go and research can research it. But I mean, there's some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that was done. Stuff that you, your brain just, you know, um, but it's one of those guy gray lines, like, you know, like you said, the ends justify the means. You know, Mm -hmm. so as long now, this is my point. So as long as you have value or as long as you have something that is of value, then no matter what crime that you commit, I mean, is this the kind of stuff that, you know, those generations were sending future generations that as long as you have value, no no crime is too big that we can't just push it under the rug and. You know what I mean? You can apparently that's the message. You can commit mass genocide, intentional or unintentional. That's exactly the message they sent. I mean, you can commit Uh, mass genocide, and it's okay because you have value. 
We need what you got. Yep. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever to me. Because, I mean, but then again, you have that fuzzy gray line because it saves millions of people today. But it doesn't erase the thousands of people that suffered in those times. Those, yeah. Those, but- those voices are only silent because we don't have pictures or video or their catalog names in most cases. They're nameless faces in nameless graves. You know, it's the only reason why they don't have value. If there right. was a name attached to every every grave or video, like today, if everyone had a video and, and pictures and you could see their high school, you know, yearbooks and their kids' faces and stuff like that, then all of a sudden they have a little bit more value, you know? Yeah. And the atrocity well, seems worse like- and worse. But because we don't have that, we don't have pictures to look at, we don't have their life story laid out in front of us, well, their their lives didn't mean that much, you know? Right, and, and to point that out, um, I had never heard, or if I did, I don't remember having Unit 731 until you had brought it up to me a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just goes to show that, yeah, there, there were nameless, faceless people to me um, because I had never heard about it. And even when I tried to go, you know, search out whatever, you know, information for myself, as far as I can remember, I've never run across that. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's what happens. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man. And, you know, the thing that I think we could take away and that we could reflect on, you know, maybe as a society to do uh, or today is that, you know, these things didn't stop with the 40s. They continued, you know, through many different wars, through many different loss of life. And it wasn't just America either. I mean, many countries, Cambodia um, had their, you know, genocides and, you know, Uganda had their genocides. And there's a lot of fingers and a lot of pies and a lot of skewed morality that just kind of swayed from side to side during those periods. Um you know, Von Braun is an interesting character. And if any one of you decides um, listening to go and research Von Braun, he's very interesting. The other one that we talked about is Unit 731. That's fascinating as well. Um, there's a lot of material. I mean, most people, they when they hear about World War II atrocities, they instantly go to Mangla. Um, and there's, you know, a plethora of books on Mangla. Um, but... You know, these are these are kind of offshoot, um, you know, research topics, I guess, that are very fascinating to talk about, um, very fascinating to think about, because you think about the future implications of what these drugs or what the research did. Um, whereas Mangla, you know, Mangla, if you think about it, his research was destroyed. Okay, because the the Germans. The especially, I mean, the, the Nazi party as a whole, they were very efficient in destroying evidence because they didn't want war crimes, you know. They didn't want to be put on charge for war crimes. So they destroyed as much document. I mean, they were very thorough. They were extremely thorough, you know. Um, in certain cases, they were extremely thorough in writing these documents. So 
they would list how many and sometimes there was fudged numbers but when they were you know the Einsatzgruppen when they were out and you know eliminating Jewish you know communities they were extremely efficient about writing the numbers but then when it came to destroying these documents or these papers they were extremely efficient in destroying so come time for Mangla um, to be hunted down well all of a sudden his value is it's not found you know and I mean there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of discussion on really what his research led to anyways did it really do anything did they find any cures or you know a lot of it was gene uh, gene experimentation trying to find a certain you know Aryan genes um, and things like that so there is a lot of debate like was his research really of any value in the first place? And then there's other arguments to say, well, his research was all destroyed, so all of a sudden his value went down, which means you can continually, perpetually chase him around the planet until you know he's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. As long as you have value, Matt... You can do whatever you want, buddy. I can buddy. do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess the goal in life is to find your value, and not just your value, but your value to the next person above you or the government. You know, if you have value to the government, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that you seems know? to be what the story is. And you know, you could I guess you could argue that Hollywood is picture perfect of this. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Hollywood is uh, picture perfect. Yeah. To this example. Of this yeah, example. I mean. Because if you have money, you have value, you're in the Hollywood system, you're a big actor or Justin Bieber, you know, um, any, any one of the, you know, society highs, there is nothing you can do that is too much to get out of. Whereas, like, you or me, okay, um, we get caught with drugs in the back seat. We slapped our, our oh, wives. I don't, I don't get caught. I don't get caught with drugs. <laughs> I never been caught with drugs. We, we slap our wives and we throw beer bottles at a policeman. And you and I are going to prison for, like, 20 years, you know, versus, uh, like, yeah. versus, like, some Hollywood celeb or music celeb. They do it, and they're like, you know, slap on the wrist. You got value. Just pay us some money, and it'll all go away. It'll Just be as Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> it'll be as if it'll be as if you never did anything. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it is. It seems to be. All right, buddy. Well, listen. I gotta go tuck my kids into bed. It's late at night, but um, I guess. Uh, thank you, everyone, for anyone that's listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed. Um, this was our first kind of trial run. Um, you know, we're doing this We're doing this just kind of as a fun thing for us to get together and talk about odd topics. And we didn't really pick this topic. This just kind of developed on its own. And um, I kind of like the way that it, it worked. Um, it's not something that I usually talk a lot about, but uh, I found it fascinating. And we hope you did too. So, man, um, before you go, yeah, I wanted to get your 
reaction to remember i told you i had a story i wanted to tell you yeah a few weeks ago and okay. i didn't want to tell you i wanted to get your real life reaction okay so i'm out of town working and rebecca texts me and she's like um okay so a little bit of backstory before i keep going i always forget to do this so um i live in wisconsin i live in the middle of wisconsin and rent is fairly affordable here and i happen to find a really good deal on the uh duplex that we rent it's a house it's an upper and a lower whatever duplex whatever you want to call it and i live in the lower um we've lived here for almost four years um so the guy who lives upstairs uh he's lived he I don't know how long he's actually lived here, but he one time claimed to me that he'd lived here, that he's been here for over 30 years. Um, so our rent is extremely affordable and pretty much one of the reasons is, is because of the guy who lives upstairs. Now he over the last four years has had some, um, behavioral issues, um, I've talked to my father about this. My dad is a psychologist. He went to school for psychology. Um, and his conclusion was the same as what I had suspected in that my dad, based on what I told him, thinks that he's probably schizophrenic. And I think that's probably the case. So, um, back to sort of the story in november the owner of our house um changed management property management companies mm -hmm. so there's an owner who i don't know who it them i've never talked to them and they have a management company who collects the rent and takes care of whatever issues need to be taken care of supposedly um and the owner is trying to sell the house so it's been on the market for i don't even know at this point it's been probably five to six hundred days it's been on the market a really long time and they're only asking fifty five thousand dollars for the house mm -hmm. so you can tell by that statement right there that it's been in the house for probably close to 600 days and it's only fifty five thousand dollars there's issues mm -hmm. the house needs a lot of repairs and they haven't been done which is why we got a new management company on November 2nd. So, um, after we got a new management company, um, Rebecca, I, I, like I said, I was out of town and, uh, my wife had, um, contacted them and said, okay, great. We have a lot of repairs for you that have been piling up over the last almost four years. And we have a leak in our pantry. We have a kitchen and then there's like a walk-in pantry. It's not huge, but it's pretty nice for considering the amount of space we have. It's a pretty big walk-in pantry, food pantry. And we have a leak in there in the ceiling. And um, so she called the management company and said, can you please come take a look at it? It's been leaking for a long time and we need to get it fixed. It's, you know, that's where our food is at. And so they came and uh, um, the, the property management employees went up to the second floor and she said that they came running down and they were gagging and one of them threw up in the yard and she asked them what was going on 
and apparently my neighbor upstairs uh, was defecating in the bathtub. Like, not just that time, there he has been defecating in the bathtub because apparently his toilet stopped working. So... <laughs> So the logical conclusion is, if your toilet stops working, you don't go to the supermarket three blocks away to take a crap. You shit well, wait, wait, in the wait. tub. <laughs> Hold on. To that note, um, my uncle, when we went over to when he passed away, we went over, okay? And my dad had told me, like, and I, what did this all boils down to? I think it's just a mental health issue, like... Yeah. I really do. I think it's just a strong mental health issue. And I think when people are really, really mentally ill, this is their mindset, you know? Um, because when we went over to my uncle's to clean out his house, there was stuff piled up to the ceiling. I mean, really, really bad, like hoarding issues, like galore. Right. Okay. There was stuff just piled up, newspapers, crayons. I mean, you name it. You were seeing it, you know. The carpet hadn't been vacuumed in like 25, 30 years. So there's just like, you couldn't even see carpet. Like literally like couldn't see it. When you move the newspaper, the carpet was a different color. Yes, like the yeah, original I've, color. I've, and I've you're actually, like, holy crap, yeah. you know. I've actually been in houses like that because I've worked on quite a few hoarder jobs, actually. Yeah, we so went in. So I know in, exactly what you're talking about. We went in and we went in the bathroom. And I went in first, okay? And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. This is like for real, okay? Went in the bathroom and I noticed right away like that smell. The human defecation smell, okay? It's just huge. Just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, it smells like a septic tank in here, you know? <laughs> so I, I kind of leaned like near the toilet and I noticed there was like just towels and everything in front and I'm looking and the toilet is just like full like to the very brim and it's not yep. like water it's not water no it's all dried out it's all dried out poop I've been on jobs like that too man yeah and <laughs> and then I look over in the shower and the bathtub has like the bo whole bottom is just like feces everywhere oh. and then I notice wait a second the sink has it in it too <laughs> oh. and then i realize the towels in front are covering a bucket and the bucket oh. is full and the towels are like someone dookied in the towels they dookied on the floor and then just tried to like cover it with like newspaper and towel yeah that's messed up <laughs> i really that's, do that's i think it's a just little more I was going to say, that's a little more extreme than uh, I've been on a few jobs like that. So yeah. I do, for people listening, I do water remediation, uh, which is basically if you get a leak in your basement or your kitchen or whatever, we clean it up. But we also do trauma jobs. So I've been on a few jobs where stuff like this has actually happened. And yeah, I've never seen it like in the sink and in the in the shower. Yeah. But I it was at a house where a guy... Um, who had passed away. That's why we were there because he was dead. I mean, we don't ever see the body, but we were there to clean up the, the blood in the house. Um, uh, so he had three bathrooms, one on each floor. He had a basement, a main floor, and a you know, second floor. 
and two of the bathrooms were like how you described the toilet in your uncle's house yeah. and um th- for whatever reason the showers were not touched um but then he had feces smeared all over the wall it was to the point where like we actually didn't realize it was feces until later on it just looked like dirt it looked like somebody had dirty hands and you know you come in after you know maybe you're a mechanic and you don't wash your hands and you know you touch whatever and you get grease all over yeah that's what it looks like but as we got further into the job like oh there's feces on the wall in the bathroom and oh it's Oh, that's not dirt on the wall in the hallway. That's feces. Oh, that's not dirt on the uh, the railing going up the stairs. That's feces. That's crazy, like, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we literally had to pull both toilets out and uh, put them in garbage bags and put them in a dumpster. We had to pull all the carpet in the entire house because in the kitchen, I'm sorry, in the living room where his his seat was where he'd watch TV or whatever. Yeah. There was urine and defecation on the carpet. So through the carpet, through the padding and onto the subfloor and at the edge of his bed, um, same thing. There was urine and defecation all over the carpets where it soaked through the padding and onto the subfloor. So we had to tear all the carpet in the whole, um, it was actually a duplex um, out. And then we had to put air scrubbers in the home because his home didn't smell like death it didn't smell like feces it actually reeked of urine yeah. so bad that uh, it yeah, outstayed the, ammonia. the death yeah. and the poop smell for weeks we had air scrubbers there for weeks and yeah it was bad that was my first trauma job i had ever been on that's horrible <laughs> dude that's yeah. horrible well and on that note so, <laughs> All right, well, we will, uh, I guess we'll be posting another one pretty soon as soon as we can get back together and uh, do this again, Matt. All right? Yeah, I can't wait, and thanks, everyone, in the future, because this isn't live. We're recording it, so <laughs> you're not listening to us now. Yeah. <laughs> All but right, I definitely man. want to get back on some of those topics we didn't finish talking about earlier. Um, I feel like there's hours and hours and hours of conversations we can have on. Oh, yeah. 